Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new Week 6 episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports, here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum. And like Rick said, Week 6 coming up. And... Uh, I'm officially done with fantasy football. No, you're not. So you and uh, Tyreek over here, the producer, can can talk about that. I'm just going to hang out. But you always like being a spoiler, yeah. which is what you're reduced to. You'd right have now. to have the ability to win a game to be a spoiler, True. and I, I don't see that coming anytime soon. So check us out at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com to be a part of the show. Lots and lots going on, Rick. I guess we, we got a special guest tonight, so we're going to compress some of our other segments. We're going to bring it back, back by popular demand, Rick, Factor Fiction tonight. The game that has swept the nation is now we're taking over the world. Well, I don't see why not, because I think people in third world countries all over this globe need a little Factor Fiction. <laughs> no doubt about brighten that. Brighten your day, right? Yeah. I think that's what we got to do. Is that Factor Fiction? It's fact. Oh, it's an absolute fact. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. No. Yeah, exactly. All exactly. right, Rick, let's jump right into it. we got too much to cover today. Colin Kaepernick to start for your San Francisco 49ers this week at Buffalo. Are you just chomping at the bit? Do you want to go to Buffalo and protest? Well, Do you, you want to just, sign Kaepernick to your fantasy team? Just um, stay tuned to the Arena Sports Network, and uh, you know the Arena Sports moment will certainly cover that in depth. Ooh, so, so Rick Briggs has an opinion. Yeah, are you going to well, tip me off? Because chances are I'm not going to listen to your sports minute. Well, you will because I'll record it with you. That so. doesn't mean I'm listening. Well, sure it does. I mean, you are always on the edge of your seat when I'm talking. Look at he fell off. Sorry, he'll get back <laughs> up there. But uh, well, that's just because I'm drunk. No, I tell you what, he's just—it's—it's it's going to be a real razor's edge for him because everything's been nice so far. Always, always done is doing the protesting, but reality sets in now, pal. You start playing like. Poo poo. It doesn't really matter what you're protesting. No, because the media is going to jump on you like a pack of dogs. No, look for the Niners. It can't get any worse, right? Why not give the kid a shot? And I was intrigued coming in when they brought in Chip Kelly. This is the first time in the pros he's had a quarterback that sort of fits that prototypical Oregon nonsense he wanted to do. I guess, for lack of a better term, so I think it's worth a shot. And what, what's it hurt? Uh, why wouldn't you give it a shot? Oh, it's not. I don't and think I, it's going to hurt. I mean, look, he's replacing Blaine Gabbard. They're not sitting down Aaron Rodgers for crying no, out loud. No, I mean, so yeah, I agree with you there. Why not? Yeah, I mean, he'd be probably more tool, physical tools than Gabbard to run right. that offense. We'll just see how he handles it, how he reads defenses and that sort of thing. What I almost hope happens, because that's not going to be the story, how he plays, right? To, to you and me and it might. a few in our ilk, the story isn't going to be how he plays. It's going to be all the political and peripheral nonsense that's been going on. A small part of me hopes he comes out and plays really well just to see what the narrative's going to be. Is it going to be the yeah buts then, right? Look, I don't think he can sustain it long term. I, I don't know what to make of this cat. What, four years ago, Rick? He looked like he was the, the next great quarterback in this league. And like so many of these read option guys, it just fizzled out. So I don't know who he had. I don't know how well he's practicing. I know nothing. But it seems to me he's a good fit for Chip Kelly. He's probably an upgrade over that 
tomato can they have back there. So I don't know. I don't know what to make. It's hard of. to say. I mean, we never bought into him, even after all the hype. You and I stood our ground and actually were right. It's, but it's maybe one the, in a hundred. It's got to happen. This, maybe he'll fit into this offense. I don't know either. But I'm telling you, he goes zero and three, and they're getting beat thirty-five three or whatever, twenty-eight ten. They're not going to worry about what if he's taking a knee no, anymore. No, and I don't. Simple as that. And I'm way past the point of caring. I um, think I made it pretty clear on these airways the day after it happened. I didn't care. That's not yeah. a popular opinion. I just don't care. It's you know I, I operate in that universe. It's a three foot halo around me, and whatever was going on didn't enter that halo. So that's what it's going to be for me as football. I don't think that's going to be the national story, obviously, but it, it's going to be what happens in Buffalo on the football. Tough circumstance to come into. You know, those Rex Ryan defenses are tough. Right? Those Rob Ryan defenses, that's scary business for him right there. Well, Buffalo's been playing well. Yeah, they won three have, in have a row. to hand it to them, and um, it could be a tall order. But fortunately, he's not playing Tom Brady. Right. Or maybe the Steelers, somebody like where he has to get into a shootout. Yeah, he'll win this game 16-13. Right. Theoretically. I don't think he will, but I think he could do it. All right, Rick, Eric Decker now officially out for the season, opting to have surgery on that torn rotator cuff. But things just keep getting worse for your Jets. I think your favorite team, right, the Jets. (laughs) Yeah. Every team's my team, it seems like. Well, the bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it is getting worse because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is floundering. The Jets basically are floundering, you know, the whole way around. So with with uh, a guy like Eric Decker out, Anuma's been showing himself quite well, but they're just something not right. Forte started off like gangbusters. Then you let the Steelers shut you down. That's, well, that's not bad doing business anything. there. I mean, they're, he's just not doing anything. Look, good news for Brandon Marshall. I think good news for Anua because he's still going to throw the ball 35 or 40 times a game because that defense to. is nowhere near what we thought it might be and with Darrell Revis being banged up. And even before that, he just wasn't playing well. So they're going to have to score some points. They're going to throw the ball 35 or 40 times. Now, granted, six or seven of them are going to go to a defender, but there's going to be opportunities out there. I actually think this means big things for Brandon Marshall because the most frustrating thing about Eric Decker, and you probably know this better than anyone, Rick, as a serial Brandon Marshall owner, He's going out catching 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 balls, 140 yards, and then Eric Decker's ending the game with three touchdowns. So I think this probably means good things for Brandon Marshall owners, not so much for Eric Decker owners. Yeah, I agree. I think it is big for uh, Brandon Marshall. But, you know, they're, they have to get a running game going, or it's just not going to make much difference. I, I don't I believe that. And Forte and Powell, they haven't been able to – get much running room mangold's banged up a little bit of course now they lost eric decker you know i'm not sure i don't know if this team can recover they're sitting here at one and four three games behind the machine in new england the rare pick i got right ray i picked the jets to finish last in this division and felt your wrath and the scorn and the mockery i think i may i think i may have had that one i'm feeling good about that pick i think you got me on that one it, it, it's bad. It's ugly. And, and, look, let's be honest. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't turn the ball over last year, but that's because the Steelers refused to create a turnover. They will not intercept the ball. They had at least four come out of their hands. 
two yeah. short touchdowns for that matter in that blowout. So yes, just did. for whatever reason, the Steelers really, really hate intercepting the ball. They want no parts of it. Yeah, you just cannot go five touchdowns and ten picks No, and expect to win any game. I wouldn't think. Simple as that. All right, what do we got here? Uh, Lions sign your boy Justin Forsett. Rick. This is kind of intriguing with all the injuries they have there. Really don't have a running game. Theo Riddick putting up some nice numbers in the air. Got those two touchdowns, one of them being long last week. But a complete inability to run the ball. You wonder if after a couple of weeks, if Justin Forsett can come in and make some sort of difference. Is this a, a stash in a deep league guy for you? Or I can tell by your scowl you want no parts of it. Not really. Um, look, they got him for depth. Right. Basically, that's it. He's got to be better than Zach Zenner, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, you would think so. And, I mean, Riddick's banged up. You know, he's got an ankle. He didn't practice Wednesday. Um, you know, Dwayne Washington's banged up with an ankle. So, yeah, they needed something. Something goes down with Riddick, and, and you're stuck with Zenner. Hey, it's thin already. I almost wonder, have to wonder what this Lions offense would look like if they made any type of commitment to the running game and were able to do it, and Matt Stafford could maybe surprise somebody with a pass every now and again. They have so many weapons up there, but I think it's the inability to really establish any type of run game that I think leads to a lot of Matt Stafford's problems. That and the fact that he's Matt Stafford, that, that that's an issue as well. Well, there's no doubt about that, but he's actually, you know, you brought up uh... – you know, Matt Stafford, of course, you know, Marvin Jones has really come into his own there. And it's interesting. Everybody was buying into Golden Tate. You know, me included, coming into the year. Hey, Anquan Bolden all of a sudden's building up some nice chemistry. Now you have Marvin Jones stretching the field. Now you got Anquan Bolden and Eric Ebron, you know, coming across, making the tough catches. Golden Tate. Just not doing much of anything, and I'm not sure we're going to see much of him this year. No, and I can't explain it. He was so good in the absence of Megatron the last two years when Megatron was nicked up. I can't explain. I, I, I have no explanation for it. I love what Bolden's doing. You know, you have to be in a pretty deep league and a flex maybe on a buy or dealing with some injuries because I think you're still almost touchdown dependent on Bolden. But what you like about him, just from a true football standpoint, is you bring up Eric Ebron. Let's be honest, he's lining up as a wide receiver. There's a WR in the back of his football car. But Anquan Bolden, for all intents and purposes, is that pass-catching tight end that, that Ebron hasn't quite developed into yet. He makes them ugly grabs. He makes the tough yards. And then he has the ability, if he gets a little bit of room, to make a play out of it. But he's, I, I love watching Anquan Bolden. Just a tough guy, just a nasty guy, and he's a real treat to watch. Oh, there's no doubt about that. You know, and you look at – down the list on um, Detroit, Marvin Jones leads the team in receptions. Theo Riddick's next. Anquan Bolden's third. Eric Ebron's fourth. Yeah, where's Golden yeah, Tate? exactly. I mean, there is. Although he's yeah. about to turn it around as the newest member of Felt Street in the Caveman League. <laughs> he is about to turn it around. Yeah, okay, so we'll be looking for He may uh, see some flex spots he, time here real soon. I, I can see it coming. I got a good feeling. Right? He's liable to get bench for Andre Roberts now. <laughs> well, that could happen as well. Oh, what else do we have that's important? Arian Foster coming back this week against the Steelers. Do you care? Or can we just move on? It's not good for your boy, I know, who showed some flashes last week, actually, as the no-account Dolphins were getting pounded into the ground again. Yeah, I know. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's 
Ajayi. Yeah, that's right. Boy, this guy's sleeping. He was slow today. <laughs> he, he's relaxing there. No, I, I just, it just, I don't know. How long is he going to be in there? Yeah. Well, yeah, Foster, he's going to get banged up again. Right. He'll have a big game here. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's back for the Dolphins' sake because it's certainly uh, plain to see that without him that, that there's no hope of a run game. Ryan Tannehill's got to go away, right? Just, I know we gave you the big money. Get out. Get get away from my team. I know you don't have a better option at this point. Not right now. But, but he's got to go away. Yeah, I would think so. There's just nothing that – you get, his receivers aren't bad. I, I would love to see what – Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, even a Derek Carr could do with these guys. Oh, with a Jar, you imagine what a Tom Brady yeah. would do with Jarvis Landry? Oh my, good. Lord. He's catching ten balls a game with this moron as his quarterback. Could you imagine? <laughs> right. Seriously, what a Jarvis Landry? He'd make Julian Edelman look like a punk. He'd eighteen catches a game. What's the record in a game? He would average that <laughs> with a Tom Brady. It would be fun to watch. All right, real quick. Charles Sims goes on IR with a knee injury. Tampa on the bye this week. Hoping the muscle hamster's back, but stunned, Rick. Absolutely stunned by the workload that Jaquiz Rogers was given on Monday. He didn't have much option when it got right down to yeah, it. And yeah. he was, you know, he's familiar with the offense, um, you know, and the coach. So it doesn't really surprise me that he had that much success. Right. Really. Especially early on. They sort of figured that out as the yeah. game went on. But those first two series, it looked like he might have 45 carries for 325 yards. They absolutely couldn't slow him down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he did end up with over 100 yards. But, I mean, he averaged, what, I think 3.4 yards yeah. a carry. Not that impressive, but he did a lot of damage. And, well, and he was effective. He almost did it. In, uh, I don't want to compare Jaquiz Rogers to Barry Sanders, but it was that sort of fu- function – you know, 12 forward, 7 back, 8 forward, 4 back. It was that kind of game that I think led to that average. Right. As I stuck with that game probably longer than any normal human being should, is just completely unwatchable. It was. And it we're going to get into that a little later, and we're going to get into Jaquiz Rogers yeah. a little later as well. We're going to get into that other team, too. Yeah, yeah. So the last thing I have here as far as headlines, I just found this fun. Coach McCoy out there in San Diego says that Melvin Gordon's fumble issues will not affect his workload. Put this in the category of only because we don't have any other options. Oh, exactly. Everybody's hurt. Every, yeah, when because... Dexter McCluster is your other. If Danny Woodhead was healthy and in town, I don't think Melvin Gordon would be touching the ball. Because it's much great to see him getting in the end zone after going two seasons without scoring whatsoever. Now you can't keep him out of the end zone. But, boy, can't wait to put the ball on the ground. It, it's his favorite hobby. It is. It was like um, – uh, Kenny Britt getting arrested for right. a while. Right, yeah, Kenny but, Britt really liked being arrested. That yeah. was his thing. We all got a thing. Yeah, exactly, and, and yeah. Melvin Gordon likes to drive I, the football. I like to do a radio show. You're an alcoholic. Kenny Britt likes to go to jail, and Melvin Gordon likes to fumble. And Miami likes Ajayi. Things slow today. I don't it know is. what's I don't going know what's on. wrong with that guy. you got to plan a little better ahead, Rick. Maybe we'll get Elroy, our producer, to fix this guy. The kid from the Jetsons. Huh? Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. His Elroy. boy, Elroy. Yeah. I wonder if we can find that music. That would be a good show opener. We could do a Jetson show. Like I said, I'm done with fantasy football. You guys said you wouldn't let me talk politics, so what if we did like a Jetson show? It'd probably be more logical to do Three Stooges. We could do that. I mean, yeah, start off with Three Blind Mice. All right. And, uh, you know, we'll just decide who's Mo, Larry, and Curly, and we'll figure it out from there. Well, which one was the bald one? That'd be you. Well, that was Curly. All right. 
So that'd be you. Yeah, he's got to be Larry. He's quiet. Yeah. So you're Mo. There we you're, go. You're, kind of the loud, loud You don't know anything, but <laughs> right. you think you're the boss. That we got, <laughs> yeah. see? It's all worked out. So next week, listen up here on the Arena Sports <laughs> Network as we bring you Three Stooges Radio. There. It's got to be better than this junk, right? I mean, come on. All right, Rick, that's enough headlines. We could talk about everybody who's questionable and who wants to. Or we, we got about 10 I'll tell you one significant <laughs> thing. Keep your eye peeled, fantasy owners. Jordan Reed going under concussion. Oh, yeah. Uh, concussion protocol or at least examination to see if he does have concussion and this could be number five for Jordan Reed yeah now you're talking about career threatening yes. at this point you know you're not even talking about your fantasy squad although that could be it could be long term I guess is my point is what you worry about when something like this pops up so definitely something to keep an eye on I guess he was uh exhibiting symptoms on Tuesday, right. and they pulled him from practice and put him in the protocol. I'd be surprised if he played this week because this is late to go in the protocol. Mm-hmm. They are always they always seem to be right on the edge if they go in on a Sunday or on a Monday, exactly. right on the edge of getting cleared Saturday night or Sunday morning. Finding this and going into the protocol Tuesday, I would wonder, unless there was absolutely nothing to it, no merit to it, I would be stunned if he doesn't miss a game this week. Yeah, you and me both. And speaking of which, Cam Newton, I think, has returned to practice, so he's probably good to go. I thought I saw an update, the tail end, like, you know, how you'll catch it on the the crawl on ESPN, and you always just catch the very end of it. I thought I caught something that said he was clear, or he was maybe, or he's expected to be clear, but I think he'll be back. I think I was wrong on Derek Anderson. I was pretty excited about him. I was writing that it meant real good things for Greg Olson, but Derek Anderson, I guess there's a reason he's a backup when there's all these bad quarterbacks in the NFL. There's a reason he's still a backup. Yeah, that's true. Um, now we'll cover that here in a little bit, oh, I'm sure. Right. I'm not – yeah, I mean, you can't give him a pass because, you know, first and goal from the two or whatever it was. Oh, horrible decision. That, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that, that's rookie mistake. There, there's no excuse for something like that. You know, you hand it off. They, they were gaining yards. You hand it off. Bring in Mike Tolbert and give it to him. Well, yeah, do that four times. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably he'll put it get in there. eventually. Yeah. Well, you got Artis Payne and the and Cap, as they like to you know, exactly. C.A.P., Rick. I know that's what you like to call him when you refer to him on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. He was able to get off the schneid, get in the end zone a couple of times. Mike Tolbert's gone silent, and you wonder about that because he was sort of a secret weapon there, right? You're gearing up. You're watching the edges for Cam Newton. You're gearing up for Cam Newton, and this four foot nine bowling ball comes barreling into the <laughs> yeah. line. And it looked like a Looney Tunes cartoon with people just flying out of the way, and they, they seem to have gotten away from that. Yeah. Although they've gotten away from a lot this year. Yeah, they've That's gotten just a lot a away from winning, fire, too. Isn't it? An absolute dumpster fire there at Carroll. There's no coming back at this point, right? One and four. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's cover some of that. Since we're uh, kind of through the headlines, this, this is one of the takeaways um, that I took from from watching that game in the whole season. They're sitting at one and four. I mean, it, it's horrible. But then you step back and you look at them. They're third in the league in rushing. They're tenth in the league in passing. Defensively, they're tenth versus the run, fifteenth versus the pass. Okay, I mean they're they're first in defense red zone. You know, for, for offenses scoring against them in the red zone, All right, so they're first in the defense. league. All right, they're they're sixth in red zone scoring on offense. And they're one and four. The big key is they're minus seven in turnovers. 
they're dropping the ball on the carpet all the time and losing it. And, I mean, you look at Derek Anderson, as bad as he was at a QBR 76-8, Cam Newton's only 80, which is, you know, quarterback play has not been stellar, and they're dropping the ball on the carpet. Everything else seems to be okay. Hmm. Okay. But, I mean, that defense isn't what it was. That defense is soft. I, I got to say that I, I don't so, care what the numbers say. I know, with my you, you stupid look at eyes, the numbers, you know, Oh, I agree with you 100. percent But when you're 10th against the run and 15th versus the pass, third in the rush and 10th in the pass offensively, you should be winning a few games, a couple of games. I mean, yeah. you should be at least what two and three, three and two. Yeah, they're missing kicks. They're they're finding new ways right. to lose games. You're minus seven in turnovers. But sometimes, and you see this with that Super Bowl runner-up, you you got that hangover, and it's anything that can could go wrong goes wrong and even a good team that snowball starts rolling and it just absolutely gets away from you and I think that's what's happening there in Carolina if they don't write it this week or in about the next three weeks in a row to get back to four right. and four, it's over. Yeah, because Atlanta just might run away from this thing how, how'd your prediction go on the Atlanta in Denver game Rick well, I actually did take uh, Denver in a close game. But bear in mind, I did take Atlanta to take this division this year. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – I don't know. I, I like what Atlanta's doing. I thought Denver's defense might shut them down in uh, in Denver. I tell you, talk about a shocker. Tevin Coleman. Yeah, remember, we didn't think he was going to play. We no. talked about it with Jersey on Sunday we morning. We were talking if we were the coach, we wouldn't play this game. Right. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want to jeopardize his health. Well, you still wonder, is there going to be fallout? Because those issues with, uh, who was it? Uh, Clark. Ryan Clark, that's right. Those issues, those popped up later, if I recall correctly, and they tied it back to that. So I'm still not sure that was a smart. But anyhow, we're telling, I remember we told Jersey, sit him down, play D'Angelo Williams over him. We don't care who it is. And he only had 140 yards receiving or something. Yeah, I think he had 140. 104 receiving, I think 30-some rushing, yeah. Yeah, just terrible. But but the bottom line is, Rick, these both, you know, we, we've talked for years about the Ricky Williams-Ronnie Brown scenario. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman are absolute both fantasy starts every single week. You don't need to ask anymore. We got a lot of Tevin Coleman questions throughout the week. This guy's a starter. He's just a stud. Matt Ryan's just a stud. No more Matt Ryan or. Matt Ryan is a top-five quarterback in this league. Now, look, I'm, I'm going to say all this, and I'm kind of dooming them, especially heading to Seattle. You talk about a tough trip. All right, you go clear out to Denver. You play a game against the best defense in the league. Fly all the way back to Atlanta to practice. I assume, I don't know, maybe they stayed out west somewhere. Teams have been known to do that. Well, let's say probably they flew all the way back to Atlanta. Now you get to turn around and fly back and go all the way to Seattle against the third or fourth best defense in the league, if not the second best defense in the league. I don't see any scenario under which Atlanta wins this game and possibly is even even contends for the game, to be honest with you. It's a bad scheduling. It's a bad setup. The NFL did them wrong on this one. It, it would have been nice to see them at least stay in Denver. If not, just and fly may, to Seattle. Maybe they have. I don't know. We've heard of teams doing that. I know they don't like to do it because right. the players don't want to be away for a week. Hey, you talk about Coleman and uh, Freeman. You know They're going up against uh, a defense that's number one in the league against the rush. 80.2 yards. Or no, they're actually seventh against the rush, but they're number one defense in the league. So. Right. You know, 80.2 yards rushing, 183.8 yards passing per game. 
God, I mean, that's 250 yards a game. Yeah. That's tough. And you you see it was such a smart game plan. You you knew – well, you didn't – as a fantasy owner, you probably didn't know. You still have to play a Julio Jones. But you knew the the rush was going to be on. Things had to be quick. So the game plan was we're going to get the ball in space to Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and this is how we're going to run our offense. Now, now Paxton Lynch was a little shaky. I think there we had talked about there didn't seem to be much of a divide between Simeon and Lynch. I think we saw it last week. There is a gap there, and shocker, John Elway made the right decision. I know that probably <laughs> blows everybody's mind, but there is a gap there. Maybe they get Simeon back and things get rolling. But they played it perfectly now. But the key is now, Rick, they're not going against either one of those guys. They're going against Russell Wilson. Right. That's the big difference. Yeah, and I think, I think Atlanta struggles this week. So, completely on the other side of the spectrum of the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals, I don't know if we want to get into them at all. We only got a couple minutes left. Patriots are going 12-0 and with Brady back, right? The rest of the way out. They're going 12-0. and They may lose one. They won't lose to Buffalo again. <laughs> But they, they're gonna put up. He's gonna put up sixty on Buffalo, right? This, There's just no question about that. This team here is one of those ones that'll have a stinker against like the Jets, yeah, or, or somebody like that. But yeah, I mean, I tell you what, this team's dangerous and they look really good. Brady's bitter. Yeah, that's never good. You don't want a bitter Brady. No. It, it's just and it's not gonna wear off. I I don't know how this team doesn't win the Super Bowl. Quite frankly, I just, I just don't know. I absolutely unless, unless he gets hurt. I was reading something that's real interesting. Brady's in his 16th year, right? He's 38, so yeah, he's got to be right around there. There's a there's a line, and I forget all the. I should have printed it out. There's a line, and they they listed all these great quarterbacks in the history of the league, and there was a clear line for all of them in that 16th season. Now again, Brady showed no signs of it, albeit against a godforsaken Browns team. But there's a line in that 16 season where that's the crest, and it starts heading back down the hill. So it'll be interesting to see if are there some chinks in that armor. I'd be yeah, surprised. And why wouldn't it be? I mean, you're heading towards 40, and it's hard to, you know, maintain that peak performance when you're past your prime. I mean, let's face it; it doesn't matter who you are, Willie Mays. You know, you can go. You take any athlete anywhere oh father time's undefeated undefeated every time you get to 40 and that's when it starts to show so so you just wonder maybe this almost feels like a swan song thing that really gets me about tiger woods everybody's all excited about Tiger. this cat's pushing 40 and he still has he doesn't have a uh a tom kite tom watson like swing he's got an arnold palmer lash and when you have a bad back he he pulled. I mean, he what what did he do? He dislocated a ligament or something swinging. Well, he basically broke his leg yeah. in that U.S. Open. Exactly swinging a golf. When club. you're swinging that violently and you have back problems, you have knee problems, you have ligament problems. This guy's in trouble. Oh, it, and, it's over. And everybody keeps saying, well, you know, he was going to play this week. Well, then he withdrew. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? Look. Let's just face it. The well, how guy about a little de- second? Yeah, and he's going to stay second. How about a little developed self awareness for him, where he basically come out and said, "I'm healthy. I'm just not there yet. I'm basically scared." He didn't say that, but 
you know, within the context, as he's saying, I'm healthy, I'm ready to go. My game isn't where it needs to be, and I'm scared. I'm going to go out there and make a fool of myself, and I'm not ready to do that. Exactly. He'll save it for the Masters next year and make a fool of himself. Well, that's good. If you're going to do it, it's a nice place yeah, to do it. Yeah, at least you can do it at Augusta. Yeah, if, if I'm yeah, if I'm gonna make. If you want to shoot eighty, do it at yeah, that's, a nice place. You that's like shooting. Meal. It's like shooting sixty-six anywhere else. The way yeah. I see it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Rick. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we will have with us NFL agent Rilio Mastrantonio talk uh, talk NFL, talk a little Kaepernick, and uh, maybe even talk some fantasy football with him if he doesn't have to get back to that uh, Blackhawks game too quickly. We'll do all that and more exclusively here on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome back to the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs here in the Arena Sports Network. And coming in uh, to talk to us for a while, pulling himself away from the Chicago Blackhawks and St. Louis Blues opener. Madness, I tell it, you. It madness. is madness. From Chicago, NFL agent Rilio Mastrantonio. Rilio, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Hey, you guys are worth it. Well, I don't get crazy now. <laughs> that that, that, that yeah. madness. Don't tip your hat on how many beers you've had there already. So, okay. <laughs> None yet. I was saving myself till after our call. Oh, they- <laughs> well, that makes one of us then. So, <laughs> so it's good to hear. Maybe you should take over the rest of the way out. <laughs> so, Rilio, uh, lots to get into here. We'll do it quick. We'll get you out and get you back to the game. Let's start off just curious. Here we are, week six of the NFL season. What is an agent doing at this point? Well, it's the mixed bag, as we covered last year at this time, believe it or not. It's been a year. Um, First thing you're doing is you're taking care of the players you already have, going to see them, making sure they don't uh, need anything in that regard, and then uh, also recruiting for next draft already, believe it or not, in 2017. So uh, give us a brief update on – how your outfit's doing this year with your with your um, represent representing players? Oh well, it's been a good year so far. Um, the biggest uh, name to note right now is uh, Cameron Meredith from the Bears, who's uh, all of a sudden made a splash on the fantasy scene. Yes, he after has. his uh, nine catch, hundred thirty yard, one touchdown performance uh, on Sunday. So he's probably the top performer right now. But uh, the tight end from Kansas City, James O'Shaughnessy, has become a special teams player. Edmund Robinson, linebacker from uh, the Vikings, has become a special teams player. And McIntyre Dorleant, the cornerback from uh, Northern Iowa, is on IR designated to return. So we'll see if they bring him back. So suffice it to say, you had Cameron Meredith. You knew last week was coming, and you had him all in all your lineups, right? You, you could have thrown. You know, us, honestly, you could have thrown I us a not. tip. <laughs> I did not. I, I really didn't want to jinx him. Yeah, well, I guess so. that makes sense. I mean, you could throw us that tip, really. Oh, come on, we could have used that one. We actually we got a lot of Cameron Meredith questions on Sunday. Well, a couple, one big one, and we were uh, we were nervous about it. We didn't jump on the bandwagon, but that seems like the real deal. One thing, as our uh, resident Chicago sports expert, that, that was one thing I did, definitely did want to discuss with you is the fact that. You know, I think, and I'm curious what, how you feel, the the feeling around Jay Cutler around town, and is, is this Brian Hoyer's team now? And it, he appears that this offense runs better under Brian Hoyer. It's a sticky wicket when it comes to, to Jay Cutler. I mean, you know, obviously 
we can, we'll never know how bad the thumb really is, whether it is really Brian Hoyer's team or if it's, uh, you know, Jay Cutler just kind of taking a break. But, yeah, from what I've been hearing in the media, and, and in this regard, you know, you'd think an agent would have inside scoop. Really don't on that regard. Um, but the media in Chicago has been pretty pretty clear that this might be, you know, Jay's swan song in Chicago. But you never know. If something happens to Brian, God forbid, then, you know, we're right back to Jay. So in the NFL, you can't really count on much. But if, if I had to say right at this moment in time, week six of the NFL 2016, it is, it is Brian Hoyer's team at this moment. You know, another subject we covered, um, you know, in our our live show, the Inside Slam on Sunday morning, we had a lot of questions about Tevin Coleman. And, you know, Rick and I were really hesitant to even try to recommend this cat because he has, you know, he has a sickle cell disorder. We all know about Ryan Clark going to Denver and so forth. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity. You as an agent, and, and you're representing Tevin Coleman, is there any – you know, would you advise him to go to Denver and play, or is there even a decision? You know, do you really have any input as an agent? I, I would wonder, but it's just, you know, it, we it struck us that the coaches allowed him to play as much as he did in Denver, knowing that Ryan Clark lost his spleen doing that. You know, that's a great question. Uh, really, it's it's a it's going to be a group. It should be a decision between really Tevin and his doctor. I can't speak for Tevin's agent, of course, but I don't know what happened on the inside of that scene, but, you know, assuming, you know, me jumping in that spot and I was representing Tevin, you know, it's, it's really got to be between Tevin and his doctor to decide what's best for Tevin. And then you as the agent have to take that information and advise your client the best way. So, you know, if the doctor says there's an 80% chance you could lose your spleen, you shouldn't play. I'm going to probably tell Tevin, hey, you might want to sit this one out, you know. And, and but you know that's that's got to be a decision, a medical decision that has to get. You have to know all the facts. You have to do your digging, maybe a second opinion. But the bottom line is, you know, that should be between Tevin and his doctor and the team doctor to see if he's cleared. So as an agent, you you don't have a lot of power. You can just advise your client on the based on the facts that you get from all the medical professionals around. And then at the end of the day. It's Tevin's decision, and hopefully he makes the right decision based on the medical advice and your advice and the family's advice. So it's, it's not just siloed to the agent. Yeah, I, it's interesting. You obviously perform very well. You, you wonder the, these things must strike different players differently. So, yeah, let, let's hope everything's all right because the, the kid's absolutely on. So. He's a talent. Yeah. He's a talent, believe me. Just fast, just stupid fast when he gets the ball <laughs> in the open field. It, it's fun to watch. So, yeah, I, I got a real agent question for you now. And all right. I, I can't understand it. The, the Colin Kaepernick situation, I, I don't know how familiar you <laughs> are with the numbers. I, I, I don't want to get into the protest and all of that but inks the new deal today that basically voids his deal after 2016 eliminates his 14 and a half million dollar injury guarantee for 2017 i'm reading this really and i can't find the benefit other than getting out of this contract and perhaps wanting out of san francisco what's in this for colin kaepernick Go, going in finally getting a start and giving away your injury your injury guarantee i i can't i'm sure i'm missing some but i can't understand what's in this deal for colin kaepernick you know i, I looked at that myself and 
once again, you know, I, oh, I throw out the caveat. Listeners are going to get sick of hearing it, but I'm, you know, I don't know what not his agent. I don't know what goes on with him. But if I were, you know, in in, in the agent's shoes, you know, it, there there has to be a compelling reason for him to stay in San Francisco to take that kind of deal. Now, does he feel maybe that if he leaves San Francisco, he won't get another chance somewhere else because of the history and they put up, you know, they've kept up with it this long. And now maybe this is his chance to redeem under Chip Kelly because Chip Kelly is actually the perfect coach for, for him. I don't know that he'd be able to go to a better situation in the league with the run and gun and then the Chip Kelly craziness that he ensues on offense. So, you know, I think it was more or less, um, in my, my humble opinion, I have no facts to back this up, no basis, but it's probably like a, hey, here's the deal. We're going to give you a shot, but this is what you have to sign to get it. And at that point, I don't know how much leverage you really have based on the past history and the and the whole antics and everything that happened. And right or wrong, I'm not stating an opinion whether it's, it's, a, it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it did happen. And, um, you know, there are consequences for – or standing up for for rights, and that's you know he, Colin's got to deal with that issue now with the contract. Yeah. So so what's interesting with that injury guarantee though that that's what strikes me is the timing of it. It's all right on Monday we're going to name you the starter for this upcoming week, and on Wednesday we're going to sign a new deal that's basically essentially says if you get hurt. And we have to cut you after 2016. We're eliminating that 14 and a half million dollar guarantee. I can't understand. It must be to to void those years. To to your point, you know, if he gets cut, to give him an opportunity to go elsewhere. I'm just I'm really struggling to figure out, you know, what Colin Kaepernick and his representation looked saw in that and thought this was the right move to make. Well, I think in this case, I could be wrong, but I think the team had all the leverage. And they used it to their advantage. That's that's my take on the situation. You know, without being on the inside, without knowing all the facts, but just looking at it from afar, you know, you'd have to have a pretty compelling reason to, to take a deal like that. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. But I tell you what, he's stepping into the starting role and. You know, this high-flying, using the air quotes, Chip Kelly offense is 31st in the league right now. If there's any <laughs> any way to jumpstart it, I mean, he, he obviously is more physically gifted than Gabbert. And, I mean, it's probably going to give him the best chance to win. Uh, not a big believer in Kaepernick, but I, I got to think with um, this offense, it's probably his best fit. That's that's my take on it. I, I can't think of another offense right now where he could plug into and really utilize his talents as a quarterback better than that offense. And I kind of think that, you know, Kaepernick was the guy then when they brought in Chip Kelly, and I kind of think that they uh, kind of factored him in the equation with bringing Chip over, and then, you know, it changed, and here we are today. So that's, that's kind of my opinion on the situation, but it had to be a compelling reason to give up that kind of guarantee. I, I will just say that. All right, really, we don't want to keep you too much longer, let you get back to that game. But every week here on the show, we just give our fantasy takeaways for the week before in the season to this point. Let's have a little fun talk, a little fantasy. What are some of your takeaways sure. to this point of the season? Ooh, it's a wild and woolly year as far as uh, my takeaways are that from week to week, you don't know who's going to emerge. Uh, I would like last year it was the wide receivers that were crushing it. This year, I think the running backs have the advantage, so you never know year to year. I mean, who knows? 
But my main takeaway is that some of the people that we're supposed to do really well are not doing really well. And other people that are not supposed to be doing well are doing well. For example, you know, uh, for example, off the top of my head, you know, Brandon Marshall's starting to emerge now. He had a rocky start. Uh, you look at some of the other major, uh, Alshon Jeffries had a rocky start, but then you guys, Armari Cooper's had a rocky start, but then you go ahead and you see other guys emerging like a Cameron Meredith, for example, but he's only had one body of work week. But now you're going to see, I think, some of these other players percolate up that haven't been having the good, the good weeks. Marvin Jones had a little bit of run there at the beginning. He's been kind of flat the last couple of weeks. You have, uh, you know, various players running back wise. Carlo Hyde, there's a big question mark. How long can he go and do what he does? Jordan Howard stepping up for the Bears. DeMarco Murray's been everything in the world for Tennessee. I think it was 41% of their offense as of last week. Uh, so, you know, I, it's a wild and woolly year. I, I don't know, you know, you got a lot of running back by committee, which has given fantasy people headaches all over the place. There's very few feature backs other than new Orleans, Tennessee, uh, who knows what'll go on in Oakland. So that, you know, that, I don't know if you guys have the same impression, but I can't get a feel for this year. Okay. We're going to play a quick little game here. Really? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going to give you the names of, oh, maybe five or six players. Okay. Okay, and and then I'm going to ask you a question, all right? Um, all right. Allen Robinson, Elshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, Todd Gurley, Lamar Miller, and Latavius Murray. What do they all have in common? Elshon Jeffrey. Ellen Robinson, Tavius Boy. That's a great question. Um, they have all scored less fantasy points than Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, see, there you go. That leads right into the point. That is a great game because I would have never thought of that. <laughs> that was wow. good. I don't like to give you credit for anything, but that was good. Terrifying. That was good. <laughs> Terrifying. So now what does, that tell, what does that tell the listeners? Those are maybe some guys you should be buying low on in trades. Exactly, and if you got Vinatieri, keep him. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you got Vinatieri, keep him for sure. He's a machine. I mean, he just, he just never. Is it was he thirty seven in a row now? Yeah, I, th- like. I think so. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, who was that guy? Morton Anderson. He just never slows down. Right, right. Well, I, I just want to see where the Robbie Gold lottery ends up. Who snatches him up? I, I know a team that could have used him on Sunday. That's hey. for sure. I won't say which team that is, Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, there but was, the there was one is, on Monday uh, that could have used them as well. Yeah, there's a lot of buy-low opportunities right now, I think, uh, out there that people can go snatch up players like Lamar Miller. I think he's got brighter futures ahead as far as the touchdown goes once Brock Osweiler gets a clue on what's going on and tries starts throwing the ball like he could. DeAndre Hopkins is another one that's struggling. I happen to be a DeAndre Hopkins. I have several shares of him. So I'm feeling the pain of that. So I think he's a buy-low opportunity, and I think there's several out there that people could take advantage of if they look. All right, we will get you out of here on this, really. I'll let you get back to the game. Quick question here. Do you have any quarterbacks in your stable? And if so, how fast are you going to be on your way to Cleveland this week? Um, I don't think I understand the question. In our In our – 
real life agent stable yes, or in yes. football? Yeah, Cleveland, there's some opportunities for quarterbacks oh, yeah. there. <laughs> I have never seen anything like this before in my life. No, they have gone through quarterbacks like crazy. No, we don't have any that are not. Uh, we have a couple that are floating out there, but no, uh, our main quarterback right now in our group, Capital Sports Advisors, is we have Trayvon Boykin from Seattle. So he's got a job and a home. Um, we've got a couple other quarterbacks that have been around, so they may get a call very well this week. Let's hope. I know they, our guys have been calling Cleveland like crazy. I'm, I'm sure they have. That's what I was wondering. I, I think you watch these situations, right, and find those opportunities. What is, right, the, what is it about Trayvon? Good Tra- Jesus. Uh, when he goes down, you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what is it about this guy that he can keep he can keep holding the clipboard and actually keeps playing and playing abysmally as always. I, I just you know I, he just he just he, when you have experience like that, they want coaches want players that have been there, and they trust that he at least has a clue how to handle himself on an NFL field locker room, pick up a playbook. He's played for every team in the league, so he probably knows every <laughs> system. But you know I, I don't begrudge him, and, and from an agent point of view, I will have five to ten Charlie Whitehurst at any one time, and I'll be happy. Oh, oh, you bet. He's always on a roster. Yep. You bet. Going to make that team. All give me, right. Give me four solid backup quarterbacks that have experience, and I'm in. Yeah, you got. You, I need. You've got yourself 16 year careers there. That the checks <laughs> just keep rolling in. All right, really. Well, we'll let you go. You get back to that game. We certainly appreciate it. What you. Uh, Tell, tell, get, ugh, maybe this time in English, why don't you take an opportunity here to tell everybody uh, what you're up to where they can find you. Sure. Uh, you can find me on uh, Capital Sports Advisors. That's www.capitalsportsadvisors.com. Uh, contact information on there. And uh, once again, I thank you guys for the opportunity and, uh, and hope all the listeners do well in their fantasy uh, leagues this weekend. All right, we'll get back and cheer those Blackhawks on, and hopefully uh, they'll be good enough to lose to the Penguins in the finals. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, really. Enjoy the game. Take care. All right, that's really O'Master Antonio, NFL agent Rick. Now, now something I find interesting I want to get back to. we got some time left in this segment. That list of names you bring up. that are behind Adam Vinatieri and fantasy okay. story. And Rilio's response, and I think it's a good one, goodbye low candidates. Do we maybe want to go through all those guys and Ooh. try to figure out, are they goodbye low candidates? Because we get a ton of those questions in the mailbag, trade questions. Okay, okay, Allen Robinson. Now you're breaking my heart. I don't know. But, I mean, I he's mean, turning the right direction. Prob- he is probably, and I think he's going to turn the right direction. So I think he is a great buy low candidate, to be honest with you. I think Jacksonville, I think it's still their division. I, I really do. Whoa, that's a bold statement. Well, I mean, it's not like they're four games out by any stretch of the imagination. But what in their history since Mark Brunel left town and went to Washington tells you that they know how to win a football game when they have to? Oh, they won last week. And that, that's all that matters. It was against what uh indy right exactly yeah that's, we, we could take vision win we could take the two of us hakeem here and, and run down the street and pick up seven eight year olds and give india a run for their money yeah just saying that goes right back into my point i still think this is their division houston i see i don't think DeAndre, houston's three and two 
but I don't like that offense. No, they stink. Brock Osweiler's a nightmare. Yeah, they have scored 23 less points than they've given up. And there's three and two. That can't continue. No. Tennessee's no. improving. They're, they're very surprising. Indianapolis stinks. I, they don't stink. I mean, they, they can at least stink. score points. Well, the whole division stinks. Well, Let's yeah. just get real. I but mean, Indy. I'm, tr- I'm trying to put it in context with the rest of the division. Um, I think it's up in the air. In Jacksonville, they can actually, <laughs> I know this sounds funny when I say this, but they can put together a couple of wins in a row. Well, seven and nine may win this division. Exactly. So could they go seven and nine? I, I guess I'll give you that. My argument for things turning around for because this isn't an Allen Robinson question, right? I mean, he gets targeted seven hundred times a game when he's not being mugged like he was over in London, right. which made me about rip these microphones out of the console here. He's going to catch him if you get him in his halo. This is who Allen Robinson is. This is a Blake Bortles question. And I honestly believe, I think there was some pressure on this Jacksonville team for the first time in in that franchise's history since Mark Brunel left, since those early years where they had that inexplicable early success, where they had the weight of some expectations. And I don't think Blake Bortles is that guy. I think Blake Bortles is a fantasy quarterback when we don't have the expectations. They get down there, you expect to lose, you're down 20 before before you hit the first TV timeout, and then they go out and fling it around. That's what they did last year. I think that's where they perform. So if we can get that Blake Bortles back, more of the gunslinger fling it around, four touchdowns, three picks every game. I think that's who Blake Bortles should be. I, I don't think they could handle the weight of the expectations they had. Is I'm sure they listened to the show. I picked them to win the division. You did, and even some of those no-name guys at the at the four-letter networks, you know, that used to play in the league and all them BS credentials. Oh, they, they like to like throw. They know what they're yeah, they, about, they yeah. like throw those credentials around like it means anything. There was expectations on this Jacksonville team, and they're quite frankly, they weren't prepared to handle them. It's very possible, but I tell you what, if they don't get the running game going, it doesn't matter what's going to happen because they'll never it'll never crank up until they get Ivory and Yeldon using using them as a one two punch and being effective. Allen Robbins is not going to come out of hibernation. It's... I I they'll just they'll blanket him. If they can stop the run, they're done. Right, right. I think I guess it depends on what your expectations are for Allen Robinson. I don't think he gets to what my expectations were. You know, I pictured him an eight catch a game, you know, 110 to 120 right. catch guy, you know, averaging 100 yards a game He's and averaging average... four a game. Right. It's not Allen Robinson yeah, yeah, that that's... everybody drafted in the first round. Yeah, that's that's the issue. And the targets are there. I haven't seen save for that first game. He had a couple balls go off his fingertips in the in the end zone. Now they were catchable for for a guy you expect to be an All Pro. They were they weren't good passes. They were tough catches, but some. But since then, he's made the tough catches. The target numbers are there. Blake Bortles just isn't getting the ball there. I mean, you've seen Alan Hearns say for that one long touchdown before the bye week over in London, he's completely disappeared. There's nothing going on there in Jacksonville right now. No, I mean you're right. I mean the leading receiver on the team is Allen Robinson, averaging about four to five catches a game. And, you know, I mean, Hearns, Lee, Yeldon, they're getting, what, two, three catches a game. Right. I mean, there's just the passing game's not there. As a matter of fact, while we have a couple of minutes, okay, their offense, 26 rushing, 19th in passing. And, and let's face it, some of that, to get to 19th, that passing is junk 
garbage time. Oh, a lot of garbage time. A you can't run. If you're 30th in the league and rushing at 75 yards a game, you're not going to win many See, games. See, I don't expect that to get going, though, quite frankly. I, I just don't think T.J. Yeldon's that guy. He's kind of been your but boy. Chris Ivory's there. You, I you, mean, that's the whole point. There's something with his health or something. I, I don't know what it Maybe after this bye week we'll see. I think probably before this is all said and done, you're going to see Chris Ivory handing the bulk of the running plays. Yeldon's going to be your change of pace pass receiving back, which I think is more of what Yeldon is. It could actually boost his fantasy value, quite frankly. Because if you're counting on him as a running back, especially in a standard league, you're in a whole lot of trouble here. So I just I expect it to get better for Allen Robinson. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, Rilio was talking about, this is a guy, and I'll steal, this goes into my love-hate, but I'll bring it up now, it doesn't matter. He is crushing Lamar Miller. He is crushing DeAndre Hopkins. Brock Osweiler oh. stinks. This was a real expensive mistake that Houston made. Brock Osweiler ain't that guy. Oh, he just I'll tell ain't you, I was guy. all over that back in preseason. I thought it was a stupid move on Houston's part. Grabbing, he really had not that great a success in Denver. Look, he played behind the best defense, and he didn't lose them a lot of games. But he didn't do anything spectacular. When you're throwing crossing routes to Demarius Thomas, why he can't do it to Allen Robinson, I don't see. Or uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know. Yeah, we've seen him do it with Fuller a few times. Right. And most of that yardage, though, comes on Fuller running free, Fuller making plays. And that's not who DeAndre Hopkins is. You don't see him run that underneath stuff. Right. He goes out, he's that one-on-one guy on the edge, and he makes that play. So it doesn't fit DeAndre Hopkins' style. So uh, this is a guy I don't think is going to come back. I don't either. I don't think Osweiler's a guy. I think I agree with you 100%. It was an expensive mistake, and, and I, Houston is not going to stay on top of this division, I don't think. With J.J. Watt gone, the defense is, is certainly hampered. The offense is slowing. I mean, I don't know. I This division's up in the air, yeah, let's if, face it. I'll tell you what, if Marcus Mariota made better decisions, I would think this was Tennessee's division to win. But he just he finds ways to lose games. He finds ways to turn the ball over. Every once in a while, you get a gem like he got last week where he looks like a real small Cam Newton, right? He's moving around. He's making plays. He's rushing for touchdowns. He's making deep throws. And, and basically, you're letting DeMarco Murray, and they really got Derrick Henry involved last week and just moved the ball, moved the ball. Mariota didn't kill him, made a couple of plays. But Mariota's been crushing this team. Maybe 6-10 and 10 wins this division. That would be fun to hear everybody losing their minds. You got to reseed the playoffs. And then they and get a home game. divisions out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Denver – New England or Pittsburgh are going to have to go on the road. One yeah. of those one of those three teams are going to have to go to Houston to play a road game in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, some wild card, you know, will have to go to Houston or Tennessee, 6 and 10 Tennessee. And you know they'll win the first one because they always do. Unless it's Houston. Houston loves to win first, lose first-round playoff game. But how many times have you seen that set? Was it uh, Seattle several you know years ago? Interesting. Cincinnati is a wild card going on there. You know they'll lose. Well, that, yeah, if you got Cincinnati going to Houston, how do you pick that game? Right. It'll be <laughs> eleven to eight. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody's got to win it. You would think, <laughs> or it'd just be it'd be a never-ending game, right? They go to overtime and they'd miss field goals, and it would just never end. Eventually, they'd have to call it. Yeah, and the number one seed. Number one seed gets a double buy. Just keep yeah. moving. We're we're not going there. Right, what do we? Yeah, we still got a minute or two to kill here, Rick. Uh, who else was on your list? For love and hate? No. Or what? What you were talking about? With oh, you? I'm sorry, Elshon Jeffrey. 
It's all about his health, right? It's all about his health. Yeah. Well, I think it's about his health and whether or not Brian Hoyer stays in, because I think the longer Hoyer stays in, the better it is for Jeffrey. Let's move <laughs> Jeffrey's on. put up numbers under Cutler, though. Well, he has. Hey, but let's – but what you call it? Um, well, what you call it. Oh, yeah. uh, Lord, I feel like Jersey. What you call it? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Rilio? Huh? You're talking about no, really? no, 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 no. Hoyer, Hoyer. Has puts okay. up has been putting up so many more yards per game than Jay Cutler. I cannot see any logical reason to put Cutler back in there. No, no. Quite yeah, frankly, let him let him look constipated with the clipboard. Now let's go to another one. Buy right. low, Gurley. No. Quarterback play is not good enough. Gurley. I think we what we saw last week. Who Gurley's going to be? He's going to start getting in the end zone. He's going to make more yards, but. This, Nine-man fronts, right? You hope Brian Quick doesn't make that one big, long play. The quarterback play is too bad. He's not going to live up to that top-five pick. He, he's going to be a low-end one, high-end two fantasy running back when it's all said and done, at least in a standard format. But the quarterback play is so bad, I don't care if they resurrect your boy Jim Brown. You're just not going to be able to go out there and rip, rip off five, six yards a clip like Gurley has done in the past. I agree. I mean, I, that, that's it's scary, but – the quarterback play is not there. They're relying on defense right now. He's got two, 288 yards rushing through, what, five games. I mean, it isn't on him. It, no. it, he's healthy. Right. He's hitting a hole hard. There's just no hole to hit. It, it's just that simple. All right, Rick. Well, we got a break. When we come back, game ball, stinky socks, love, hate, and by popular demand, Rick, factor fiction here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Go, go, go. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. Rick, let's get back to fantasy football, the week five that was game ball, stinky socks. Why don't you hand out your ball right now? You know, I've really struggled with this one, to be honest with you. I mean, there were so many to choose from. And i tell you what, I'm going to have to give it to Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I mean, going up to Denver, we all know his health issues and so forth. Going against that Denver defense, you know, he only had 31 yards rushing, but he had uh, 132 yards receiving and scored a touchdown, did a lot of damage, and quite frankly, risk his health doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, um, that's not gutsy, saying, man. That's yeah, gutsy. not saying I agree with it, but I'll tell you what, give him the game ball. Yeah, it, gutsy. And this kid – I don't think I've realized it till this year. Now, we haven't seen him in this dosage before. He's been around the league. But watching, I watched a good bit of that Denver game. And this kid is just stupid fast. He's, he's Darren Sproles only bigger. He's Darren Sproles and can run the ball. This guy, when he gets a little bit of room, you can just forget about it. And the way this offense is rolling and with the threat that a Julio Jones – has been in what Mohamed Sanu is starting to work towards. He's going to be a real dangerous weapon and a ton a ton to handle. Now it's going to be. Oh, and by the way, you have Devonte Freeman yeah, back there too. A little matter of Devonte Freeman. Right. His offense could be the real deal. All right, I got to get my game ball. I'm going to stick with the running backs too, Rick Jordan Howard. Now you're wow. you're not going to get to play that team every week. I understand. This is two weeks in a row, over 100 total yards. This week, 163 total yards got in the end zone. 
he's a real deal. And I, I back over the summer declared myself a Jeremy Langford guy. I'm out. I'm off that train. I'm on the I'm on the Jordan Howard train. Well, why not? Langford's out. Yeah, this he, kid, but this kid's a real deal. This kid's an every down back. He looked for all the world like a Matt Forte out there, just the ability that they're going to run that offense through him and open things up. And this is two weeks in a row on a bad team putting up this kind of yard. let me ask you a question. All right. And, you know, I've thought about this a lot. Is it, in your mind, it could be a combination of both, but is it in your mind Jordan Howard is that much better than Langford? Or is it because Brian Hoyer is such a much bigger threat back there than Jay Cutler. It well, it well could be, and and yeah, you, you have to wonder that. I mean, they've been to it. Jay Jay Brian Hoyer for all his <laughs> faults, and you know, people you see it on Twitter. All the experts, ah, you know, Brian Hoyer, so so, blah blah blah. He looks like he is interested in winning. Right. He looks like he is interested in taking this team on his shoulders. And, you know, just like Rilio said in the last segment, he doesn't know, and let's face it, he's in Chicago. He has a little more inside knowledge than we do. He doesn't know how serious the thumb is or if Jay's just taking a break. Well, if you're taking a break in week five, <laughs> well, <laughs> you are not really all that thrilled he, about coming back. Is he taking a break day. of his own volition, though? Well, that's I, I got to wonder. I agree. It's, it's Brian, why don't you go, or Jay, why don't you go yeah. ahead? We're going to take this nice and easy with you until we can find a. A more cap friendly way to get you the hell out of town because we're we're done with this. I mean, Look, I, Brian Hoyer's a very very average quarterback, yeah, and he, I don't want to talk about him like he's freaking Peyton Manning. No, but he is. We we saw it with DeAndre Hopkins last year. We we saw it with Jordan Howard and Cam, Cameron Meredith for God's sakes. But with Alshon Jeffrey, he's enough of a professional quarterback. He can move the ball that the other stars have an opportunity to shine. There will be games where Brian Hoyer will look like an absolute disaster, an absolute train wreck, and Brian Hoyer isn't going to win, win you a Super Bowl. But he's a pro quarterback. He can get the ball in the stars' hands, and he seems to enjoy playing football, which is more than can be said for the other quarterback in that team. When did Jay Cutler get hurt? Week, Week one, two? Three? Was it three? I thought it was Week two. I thought Hoyer started in week three, but I could be dead wrong on that one. Well, I'm just making it up. Does it matter? Well, I was just trying to compare the stats, but, I mean, I guess that's kind of irrelevant. Brian Hoyer's thrown six touchdown passes, no picks. And, oh, he'll throw some picks. <laughs> Don't. But he hasn't yet. Right, right. And, and that's the that's the key. I mean, he yeah, you're right. He came in in week two. You're right. But he's gone 317, 302, and 397. Two touchdowns in each game. No picks. Yeah, you're going to get a few, but this guy's a 300-yard passer. Right, and that's what he does. And coming up, you got Jacksonville, you got Green Bay, which can be susceptible. You know, Minnesota's kind of a tough road to hoe. Oh, you don't play anybody against Minnesota. Nobody. Well, well, no, but okay, but Minnesota. Then you have Tampa, New York, Tennessee, San Francisco, Detroit. Not that bad of a schedule. Right, yeah, and – Look, I don't think safe for Hoyer getting injured, which he has a history of doing that as well, right? But if he's healthy, I think even when Jay Cutler comes back, look, they were hinting about this, the coaching staff, right off the bat. For, for a minute one, they 
basically Cutler hadn't been carted the whole way off when we were getting sound bites out of Chicago saying, you know, we're going to take a wait and see here. You know, normally you don't lose your job to injury, but if Brian Hoyer's performing, this is his job. They couldn't wait to get that information out there. So I see no chance we see Jay Cutler again, save for a Brian Hoyer injury, and that only means good things for Jordan Howard, Alshon Jeffrey, the, you know, the big one's the quarterback position, or the tight end position. Yeah, I Zach mean, Miller. What Zach Miller's doing, you know, th- this is a, a Hoyer type of situation because Miller was almost irrelevant. Martellus Bennett was practically irrelevant the last year and a half under a Jay Cutler. You he had see some Hoyer. kind things to say the other day. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, about, I missed that. About his boy Jay but, Cutler. But Bennett doesn't hold back, so no. I'm sure it was interesting. He was absolutely no leader. <laughs> I think it's true. Oh, I do too. I th- I I agree with them. I mean, it's uh, we've said this for what last three years. He look and he's getting more and more bored every <laughs> season. I see him. Yeah, yeah. And I think his career is winding down quickly. It's a shame. It's nice to have those punching bags laying around. You know, yeah. I mean, something you can throw out there. I mean, how often do you get to say constipated on a fantasy football show? <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to hate to see him go. All right, Rick, how about a stinky sock? Let's get back to what you do better, a little negativity. I tell you what, I have got to give so far a seasonal stinky sock to Golden Tate. I, it, it's just amazing to me. Inexplicable. Absolutely inexplicable. 41 13, 40, 1, 39. That is his yardage totals per game in each of the first five games. That is un- not only unbelievable, if, if you go back to May, I don't think there's a soul on the planet that knows anything about football that could have predicted no. his, his, this silence that, that he is exhibiting so far this season. And if there's even a remote chance that he is 50% of the talent that he says he was earlier, I cannot believe that he hasn't broken out at least a 85-yard and a yeah, touchdown game. I mean, there's just nothing. Yeah, and it, it's absolutely inexplicable. He put up some really big numbers in the absence. You know, we always thought he put up the numbers being the guy – who was opposite Calvin Johnson, and we never did find that guy, right? Right. There was that one, what, what was his name? That He liked to go to jail a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, I forget his I, name. I can't remember his name, but he flashed a game or two, and then he went back to jail, so that didn't work out. But then when Calvin Johnson went out when he was injured, Golden Tate was putting up Calvin Johnson's numbers. So we talked a lot over the summer, Rick, that I at least I felt – that it would almost, for Golden Tate, not necessarily for the Lions, but for Golden Tate, it was addition by subtraction, getting Megatron out of town, that this guy, as the feature receiver, is able to put up some numbers, and he's just disappeared. And it's not like, you know, Matthew Stafford is what he is, but this is a 300-yard passer every game. This is a 4,500-yard passer for the season. There is just no excuse for a talent like Golden Tate to be putting up the kind of number. Marvin Jones had the one 200-yard game. Otherwise, he's been good, but yeah. he's not taking all the work. Anquan Bolden's been – I he's been Anquan Bolden. Matt brought, Stafford has 10 touchdowns. Right. Golden Tate has zero. Yeah, expl- I, I, I don't under – it's completely inexplicable. I don't – I wish I could give some takeaway – and why, you know, this is a guy, yeah, we joked about it, and I doomed him by putting him – I picked him up in a 
three or four leagues? Is he starting to get dropped? I've got to believe he turns it around. I have to believe that. He's too talented, and that offense flings the ball around too much. I, I, I don't know. I, just, I can't explain it. If this was week three, I may say so, but we are over a quarter of the way through the season, and it just doesn't look like they care if he's all that involved in the offense. Right. And if he's happy with it, Stafford's happy with it, and the Lions actually can have some sort of modicum of success in the win-loss columns, why force-feed him? Yeah, yeah I, I get it. I just had to believe. He's too talented, right? He's just you too You would talented. think. All right, my stinky sock. Speaking of constipated quarterbacks, Rick, this could really be a season-long stinky sock as well. I'll keep it to one. Eli Manning, last week alone, 199 yards. That's it against the Green Bay Packers. He has just been bad, just missing throws. Just He doesn't seem to have the command of that offense. I don't know if this is a – an Odell Beckham's attitude thing. I don't know what it is, but they got the what you got a healthy Victor Cruz, who by the way took a goose egg last week, a big zippy. You, yeah. you got the emergence of a Sterling Shepard in what he's doing. I, you got all these weapons around you. Explain Eli Manning. To, I got to put it on Eli Manning. I have to. I don't know what to put it on. I mean, a lot of it goes to Eli Manning. I agree. I, you have to go to some of it to Odell Beckham with some of his antics out there. He's concentrating too much on being angry and getting back at other players instead of running crisp routes. But, you know, the run game's not there. You know, And I don't know if Rashad Jennings is going to make that big of a difference when he comes back. They just don't – I don't know. They started off so nice, 2-0, and zero, and they lost three straight. And there just doesn't seem to be anything in the, on the horizon to stop the bleeding that I can see. But it's just it, normally with an Eli Manning, you know, he, he was sort of one of those guys, he'd get rolling, he'd make the big mistake, he, he'd throw a couple of these clunker games. And I think most quarterbacks, if you're, if you're not Tom Brady, I want to say Aaron Rodgers, but he, he had a stretch there last year. But Eli would throw out a clunker here and there, and then he'd follow it up with three and a half and three touchdowns, and he had to command to that offense. Something just is off, Rick. That that offense looks very anemic. And when you just look at the names, and maybe that's where I'm getting hung up as a fantasy football guy, when I look at the names, when I look at Eli Manning, when I look at Odell Beckham Jr. and Victor Cruz and what we've seen, what we believe Sterling Shepard's going to be, there's just – there's no excuse. Yeah, going back to the Golden Tate, there's no excuse for this. I, I, I can't explain what's going on with Eli Manning. Well, I mean, I, I, I go back to my previous point. They're, they're 11th in the league in passing, but they're 27th in rushing. And we all know it's a wide receiver league. It's a passing league. But the teams that can run the football have the much more balanced attack. And play action means nothing if you can't run the football. And that is a big key. It's not so much that you need the run game to score touchdowns. You need the run game to open up your offense. Yeah. And and if you're getting 2.3 yards a carry, play action means nothing to right. a defense. So, right. I mean, and, and it, it pigeonholes what a quarterback can call. 
So, I mean, they have to get the run game going, and Eli's got to start making some better decisions yeah, as well. Yeah, five touchdowns, there. four interceptions. You know, the one big statistical game he had, well, he had two in a row. He had 368 against the Saints, but that's no feat, right? You could put up two and a half. Well, yeah. <laughs> How many touchdowns did he have? Zippy, no touchdowns. Right. And he put up 350 against the Redskins. You could probably put up 175 against the Redskins. One touchdown, but two just back-breaking picks. One, one at the goal line or in the end zone, and that other inexplicable one on the drive where I, everyone in America believed they were going to drive down, kick that field goal, and, and get the win against Washington. So even when he's putting up yardage, he's making terrible decisions and can't get in the end zone. And then you, you got a 261, a 207, and a 199. You can't have this with Eli Manning. This is Eli Manning. He's won two Super Bowls. I, I don't understand it. I agree. A big old stinky sock to you, Eli. All right, Rick, I am going to spare the sounder here. It's too long, and we want to get uh, get into fact or fiction here shortly. How about just a brief love-hate? Who you loving, who you hating? Start with love. We'll just do one apiece. Oh, I have to love something. Love, love. I love what Pittsburgh's doing offensively. Well, I like what love what Pittsburgh's doing, period, offensively and defensively. They Look, they, they're suffering through some injuries, too. It's not like um, – some other teams have suffered a lot of injuries. They've got a lot of banged-up guys, and they are still holding strong defensively. Um, the, the offense is really clicking. I mean, four touchdowns again for Big Ben. You know, Le'Veon Bell's back, just another added dimension. you got Antonio Brown, Sammy Coach coming into his own. He's got to learn to hang on to the football or make these catches Hey, he had, what, three drops, I think, with Ben last week. Two in week. the end zone. Two in the end zone, or it could have been much, much worse. But uh, I just love what these guys are doing. Well, I wrote down two love, two loves, Rick. One was Jordan Howard emerging as a fantasy stud. I think we covered that. Number two, with Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers' offense is unstoppable. So I think we've covered both of those. So let's get to your wheelhouse, Rick. What do you hate? Okay, well, we just covered one of my hates, and that was um, Eli Manning's play. <laughs> I didn't give him a stinky sock because right. I already gave uh, Golden Tate a stinky right. sock. We got Wilson here doing the show. One of us has to quit because we are thinking with one really yeah. mediocre brain now, and it's I'll no good. I'll tell you good. what I'm hating on right now. And, and it came, came to me watching the Monday Night Football game. There is a lot of sloppy kicker play. Yeah. I mean, you know – they have this stigma where kickers really aren't football players. You don't hear it about Adam Vinatieri and no. some of these guys. But I'll tell you what, after watching that Tampa Bay-Carolina game, that was awful. Right. I mean, that was just terrible. And it I mean, makes, what is it, Arguello? Is that his name? Arguello. Arguello for Well, uh, that's going to have Bay. to go on the soundboard now. Here comes the emails. You oh, mispronounced yeah. a name. Well, we, we can just put another. Uh, yeah, we need an Agua- on We're going to need an Aguayo button now. Ije, we could have Argayo. Yeah, call up that voice guy. See if he can give us an Aguayo. <laughs> right, but um, oh, it's just all. Well, I mean, I guess I'm. I'm not going to have to pronounce this guy much better. Anyway, no, because he's going to be. He's not going to be. He's going to be bagging groceries by. <laughs> Saturday, exactly. So. But it is. But what a difference Gano's a good kicker makes. Gano's missed three and five games. Or Gano. Now there's a third button we need. Well, I don't know. Gano. Did you just say Gano? Go- Did I say Gano? Yes, you said Gano twice, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Well, what, what, what's Lord. wrong with that? Gano. Yeah, it's like a Gano. Gano, Gano. Sounds like that. What's in that? What's back crap? That's guano, right? Yeah, that's basically what you say. Which is how he's kicking, like back crap. So. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, he is. He's kicking like. Any other kickers' names you want to mispronounce, or or I got Vinatieri right. Yeah, how do you get that one right? Because I like him. A lot of people say Vinatieri, which I don't think's right. I think you're just trying to sound smarter than you are. I could be. But seriously, for NFL team, you don't want to have too many kicker conversations on a fantasy sports show. But look at the difference it makes. I mean, what would Baltimore's record be the last two years, three years, when their offense has struggled without Tucker? Tucker. Tucker, (laughs) yeah. Without Tucker hitting a 57-yarder as time expires at the end of every freaking game. I mean, this is what you see. Vinatieri doing the same thing. It does make a difference. No, they're not football players per se, but they're damn important to your team, quite simply. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And, and you can just run down, you know, the kickers like Vinatieri, you know, Matt Bryant, you know, Justin Tucker, you already brought him up. I mean, these guys are so solid. You know, Mike Nugent for Cincinnati is always good. Dan Bailey from Dallas. And then you have these other ones that – I don't know how they keep their jobs. Is it that is it that hard to find a kicker? I mean, aren't there some kickers floating around out there? Robbie Gold? I mean, I never really saw where Robbie Gold really did all that bad. No, I don't I didn't understand that one. All right, Rick, real quick, we boy, we're chewing this segment up quick here. My hate kind of dovetails on you. I thought you were gonna steal it, but Rick, if it wasn't for fantasy implications. The NFL, for me, has become just about unwatchable. These games are terrible. In in the sake of parity, we've created six or seven teams with really good quarterbacks who can win a lot of games and a whole lot of mediocrity and below mediocrity. These games, Rick, are awful, especially these primetime games. It's terrible football this year, and I don't know to what to attribute that. Well, I, I have a question for you. I mean, you said in, in for the sake of uh... – parody i mean i i just don't remember such horrible quarterback play. i mean i'm agreeing with you but i don't know if it's the nfl's fault for trying to create parody um i mean why why aren't these guys playing better i mean eli manning's won two super bowls he's right. playing he's playing horribly um who else is playing? But who's another one that, that you were just thinking of? Uh, 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 Blaine Gabbard. I mean, yeah. okay, he's just not a very good quarterback. Okay, but how are these guys? Why are they not developing quarterbacks in college? Or well, here's what I, I, I think mean, the it, problem is, and here's where I'll put it on the league a little bit. You have created all of your rules. You have structured your entire league on trying to create offense, right? But True. there aren't six quarterbacks who can, can perform to that level. So here's what we're dealt with. We are dealt with watching every nonsensical, every big play being called back for holding, every yep. incompletion being called for a pass interference. We review every stinky That's play, true. all for the sake of leading down and missing a field goal to, to go on yeah, to your to point. That, yeah. I mean, let, let's just look at the scoreboard here last week. Of course, I, I hit the wrong button. I lost it. Thursday night, Cardinals 33, 49ers 20. Worst game I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely pathetic. Patriots just boat raced the Browns. Only intriguing because Tom Brady come back. Lions-Eagles was a 24-23 game, but this was a who can recover the next fumble at the 50 contest was all that was. Terrible game. 
Bears-Colts, it looked like watching a high school game. It was so pathetic. Titans, 30. Dolphins, 17. How many more Dolphins games you want to watch, Rick? 16-10. Vikings just trucked the Texans, 31-13. And I think the Texans scored 10 of those 13 in the last five minutes. This is every stinking week now. There, There hasn't been a compelling game yet. And I don't know what it is. I'm just saying they talk about the numbers being done. It's getting hard to watch. If it wasn't for fantasy football, it's getting really hard to watch. I'll well, still watch, so don't get me wrong. I'll be a hypocrite. Oh, I know. It, I, I know what you're saying, but you know another thing that I've seen that, that's really, really hard to watch, and, and I'll take one team for an example, is San Diego. They lost, they're what, what, one and four, okay? And they sh- their, their defense, to watch their play, they lost 33-27 to Kansas City. They were ahead, what, 27 nothing, I believe, mm-hmm. in that game in week one. You know, they lost Indianapolis. They lost the lead to the Colts. They lost the lead to New Orleans. I think they had them up by, what, thir- 13 with two, two and a half minutes yep. to go, something Fumbled like that. Fumbled it away, gagged it away. And then they lost again 34-31 to Oakland. That, to me, is, is hideous. You're up. 13, 14 points with two minutes to go. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You should never lose that game, ever. Three times you snap the ball, Phillip Rivers stuffs the ball down the front of his pants and falls down. Yeah. And then you let 40 seconds run off the clock and you do it again. Right. I should be an NFL coach. That's a brilliant it's strategy. It's not that hard. Football's in the pants strategy. That's how I roll. It's not that hard. If you have, yeah, if, if you're down to that kind of time and you have a two-possession lead, the other team only has three timeouts. All you do is hand off. If they waste them all in on the one, no, don't possession, hand off because Melvin Gordon will put it on the ground. Oh, okay, in yeah, your pants, yeah. football <laughs> in my pants. Gotcha, Rick. gotcha. That's what I want. But the point is, they can only stop the clock three times. Even if they score, right? They're still down to score. Then the football, can, yeah, game right in the over. Pants, Rick. Yeah, right. In the I agree. Pants. All right, let's get it, to and it. That I think a lot of that is. And we, we talked about Rob Ryan, you know, New Orleans giving up 50,000 points a game. That, that's part of it. It's the rules, and it's shaddy or defensive play. Shaddy defensive yeah. play. I like Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say – How much sh- of that fancy beer you see? I was going to say shabby, and I was going to say shoddy. <laughs> so you said shaddy. shaddy. See, the problem is what nobody knows, what you can't see – Rick Briggs is a noted alcoholic. We've covered that many times on the show. This is just horrible. But the new executive producer, Alfred, he's one of them beer snobs. And so he brings all this fancy moonshine disguised as beer in here. Cleet, what does that say? Rick slugs about 18 of those down. What does this say, Cleet? Okay. Uh Uh-oh, his mic's not working. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. And we were just about to go to him, too. There he is. Okay, what does it say? Diet Coke. Oh, he's out again. Oh, man. Well, that's all right. We have about crushed this segment. Is that working? <laughs> Talk again. Is it working? No. Well, we'll we'll deal with it after the break. How much time do we have left in this segment here? We could just we could come in with fact or fiction. This will come in. We'll with do that. We've only got two or three minutes here, Rick. So we could talk about your alcoholism a little longer. We could, yeah. We'll, we'll just kill two or three it's just minutes. More here. my illiteracy. That's all. Well, you've you've always been dumb. You know, and I'll grant you that. But it's been especially bad today. I mean, this has all been within the last six minutes. Gano? Really? <laughs> you said Gano? I said Gano. 
instead of guano. Well, you've like said it you three said. or four different ways. No, you said guano. You said bat crap. Yeah, well, that's what it is. That's basically how he's kicking. Yeah, I, well, I the, agree. That, that, that's a fair point, too. Yeah. yeah. Good luck explaining that Tampa Bay team, by the way. Yeah, Jameis Winston goes out and throws for 3-7. Then he gets what, what I thought was a good matchup against Carolina. Couldn't even move the freaking ball. I don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand that I'm not that sure Jameis Winston's that guy. You got and you run for a hundred yards. You, I, I don't. I just you got Mike Evans. I, the defense isn't good. I grant you, but the offense has got to be better. And they well, just the take weeks off. The defense certainly wasn't killing the team against Carolina. That anemic offense. I mean, it, at times they flash. They look great, and then Derek Anderson looked like a deer in headlights. One of your man crushes, Kelvin Benjamin. He had the big big week or two early on then the week where they didn't even target him but what, what do you make of him what what do you do with kelvin ben you're a kelvin benjamin owner are we still yeah. at the point you gotta start him you every gotta week? start him he how many look, of these weeks the can you endure is what, 6'5 245 he's still and it was proven against tampa bay they couldn't cover him but Derek Anderson was not delivering the ball where it should have been okay. for most of the time. So let's but, grant that, and then Cam Newton seems to choose not to deliver the ball. Cam Newton has the ability, but seems to choose not to deliver the ball to him. I'm not sure he's the lockdown every week start. Now there's always a fear you're going to miss the big week when they say, holy crap, right. we've got this 6'5 receiver who can catch everything. Maybe we win if we throw it that way, but then they get right back away from it. I'm not sure. This might be and I know it's probably too late to sell high after the couple weeks he's had. This might be a guy I try to move. I, I'm not comfortable as a Kelvin Benjamin owner. We'll, we'll play the quick little game here. I mean, Calvin Benjamin or Will Fuller. <sighs> we just talked about the woes of Brock yeah. Osweiler. I. <laughs> this is gonna sound dumb. I'm gonna say Will Fuller. See, I'm still Benjamin there. Okay, how about Diggs? Diggs. That groin injury, I don't think I well, pulled the trigger a on him. healthy digs. We got the bye week this week. Maybe we can get him back 100%. That's true. Okay, here's another fantasy darling, Terrell Pryor. I'll go Benjamin there. Got to go Benjamin, right? Okay, how about Travis Benjamin? Kelvin, they're, they're, they're turning in New Orleans out there in San Diego. You don't know who it's going to be week to week. Right. Okay, I mean. But this isn't the elite company you're giving me, Rick. That's sort of my point. You're comparing them to – Travis Benjamin and Will Fuller. You know, we didn't bring up the big names. I, I guess is what I'm saying. Who I think from a size and performance ability standpoint, Jordy Nelson. Oh, Jordy, hundred out of a hundred. Okay, Calvin Benjamin is leading him in uh, fantasy scoring. They both have the same amount of receptions. Benjamin has about sixty more yards in, in receiving and. Five touchdowns to four. I can sleep Saturday night knowing I'm starting Jordy Nelson. Kelvin Benjamin keeps me up at night. You don't own any of him, so well, no, I don't. Or or Nelson for that. Okay, matter. seriously, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis with what, with what we talked about with Tannehill. Hey, Jarvis Landry is one touchdown. He still get. We talk about a PPR league. Give me ten a game. I'll take it every time. Every time. Okay, I mean. We're basically into the elites now, Larry Fitzgerald. I'm just going up the, right. uh, the fantasy scoring uh, leaders here. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, understandably so. I mean, he's just knocking it out. Marvin Jones has emerged. You know, T.Y. Hilton, he's, re he's really emerged. I mean, he's second only behind, what, Antonio Brown. So, I mean, 
I don't know. I think he's still in that top tier. He should be. Even with even with his stats have fallen the last couple of games, he's still in that top tier of wide receivers well, right now. He, and and he, Cam Newton's coming back. Let's hope. And hopefully Cam Newton remembers he's there and that he's an actual receiver. All right, Rick, let's break here. We'll get Max's microphone fixed. We'll play Fact or Fiction, do an abbreviated oh, mailbag. Yeah, okay. Well, you're distracting me now. I was sitting here silently. We'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. Any true Asylumite knows what this song means. Rick, it is time for Fact or Fiction. We have conquered the United States. Now we're conquering the world with Fact or Fiction. And uh, we actually have Cletus here to read the questions to us. All right, so we're bringing in a host. That's right. (laughs) Cletus T. Judd bringing it down. We are going to play a little Fact or Fiction. Whenever you're ready, Cletus, take it away. Gentlemen, good evening, and tonight on Fact or Fiction, first, fact or fiction, Sammy Coates is a weekly fantasy starter. And who does this go to? We'll go with uh, Mr. Flieger. <sighs> this, this is so tough. We, we started out with a toughie here. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to call that a fact. He's going to hurt you some weeks. He's going to crush you. The way they, way Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers stuck with him after he did everything he can to get good to get himself cut last week and still put up that those big numbers. There's going to be a game or two where he can't get free for that deep ball and he is going to crush you. But but Rick, I truly believe. I don't want to get caught with my pants down. And when I'm talking starter, you know, we're talking flex, maybe third wide receiver, because there's going to be plenty of two catch. 68-yard performances, not going to kill you. I think you feel safer starting him than a guy we've talked about all night, Golden Tate, certain guys like that. I think you've got to have Sammy Coates in your lineup each and every week. I'm going to have to agree with you. Well, of course I, you I are. I think he is, um, he is emerging as much more dangerous than Marcus Wheaton ever think of being. Oh, and. I bought into that Marcus Wheaton in the offseason, and I, I couldn't be did. more ashamed of myself. I know he did, and and I was high on Sammy Coates. I really wish that he would catch catch these perfectly thrown balls a little better from Ben Roethlisberger. But, um, you know, I think that'll come, and he's still proving to be, uh, you know, pretty effective. I agree with you. All right, so second question, Todd Gurley will return to his 2015 form, Mr. Briggs. I don't think so. We actually uh, covered that in a previous segment, and uh, I don't think the quarterback play with Casey Kasem's there. And, uh, you know, they just don't have a lot of weapons either. I mean, you know, like you brought up, Rick, you know, Brian Quick could burn you with that 75-yard touchdown. Kenny Britt, yeah, he just kind of, eh. And, you know, with all the hype that he had coming into the league, he just really hasn't emerged as any sort of a dominant player. And Tavon Austin is so inconsistent. I mean, he's talented. But, you know, you don't have the quarterback play. All you do, you stop Todd Gurley. You basically stop the Rams and hope that you can get more points than their defense will allow. Yeah, I agree. We said it. It's all about the the quarterback play. Now, I think it gets better. 
I mean, right now through the regular season, Ricky, really? do you care to take a stab at what Todd Gurley's average yards per carry is right now? I'm going to say 2.9. You're just about on it. 2.7 okay. yards per carry. He's too good. That that just can't continue. I, I can't believe it. Now, again, no fear of a passing game, right? right? Absolutely no fear, no respect for, for Casey Kasem. So you worry about that. Finally got in the end zone last week. He had the two against Tampa Bay, but but you could have had one against Tampa Bay. So I, I don't put a lot into that. But got the one last week. What's, what I find interesting about Todd Gurley, something we haven't seen a lot of in the past, he's got 11 catches already this year. He had five two weeks True. ago against the Cardinals. He had three last week against Buffalo. I think even a stubborn old goat like Jeff Fisher – is going to realize you're going to have to find a way to get Todd Gurley involved because if two dummies like us realize that he is the only NFL player they have on offense, I think you could see him get more involved in the passing game. I think he elevates himself into he's never going to live up to what the price you paid for him, but he's going to elevate himself to a low one, a high two. I don't know if I call him a buy, buy low candidate. I don't know how much I'm willing to give up for him, but I'd make a move for Todd Gurley if the price was right. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly a buy low guy, but I guess that's the thing. If you're a Todd Gurley owner, how much how, how low can you actually go? Right, because I mean, this is your top thing. five pick. Exactly. All right, so the next one uh, to Mr. Flieger, Martellus Bennett, Sands, a.k.a. without all the murder. <laughs> Will be Aaron Hernandez. Ah, yeah. Is Martellus Bennett Aaron Hernandez without all the murder? I'm going to say he is. Yeah, th- this is a guy, looks like Gronk's healthy. He got 100 yards. You can't cover them both. And, and this is what we saw with Gronk and we saw with Aaron Hernandez. Martellus Bennett was a top 10 fantasy tight end before he got to New England. You put him on the other side of Gronk. You're already having to pull a corner or a safety down to try and cover one of these guys. Now you got a linebacker on Martellus Bennett. He can't be covered. I'll tell you what, at the end of the year, it's not going to be fair to say because we missed a lot of time with Gronk at the beginning, but I think Martellus Bennett, from a number standpoint, outperforms Gronk, quite frankly, and he is that Aaron Hernandez, and let's hope he doesn't kill anyone in the offseason. I think he's already there. And I agree. Just to 100%. clarify, is that the killing? Or... <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, not the killing. Yeah, breaking news here on the yeah, asylum. <laughs> no, not the killing. But because um, I think with Gronk coming back, it only opens it up more. Because you don't, if you cover Bennett, Gronk's going to throw or catch 388 yards in 10 touchdowns. <laughs> so I mean, and you're right, you can't cover everybody. And oh, you cover these guys. By the way. Tom Brady has Julian Edelman. Oh, if you take him out, well, gee, he can find Chris Hogan, too. He doesn't care. Yeah, how about the week Chris Hogan had? I'll tell you what. It's, that it's, was a recommended start by the aside. One of the few we got right on Sunday, so we're going to hang our hat on that one. But I'll tell you what. I mean, he has so many weapons, and he uses them in a way not not like Drew Brees. You, you know, like we talk about Drew Brees, you know, one week the guy – you know, whoever picks somebody, Willie Sneed's going to have a huge week, and, and it's he disappears. Michael Thomas, and it's Brandon Gronk Cook. doesn't disappear. No, and, and Edelman doesn't disappear. So he was quiet last week. True. I, I yeah. I, I think there's going to be one he's odd been banged man up out with every... that foot yeah, too. Yeah. So I think maybe he's a little limited there. But uh, I tell you what, with with Bennett and Gronk in there, uh, 
this is a machine. Yeah, th- this is that offense all over again. And you just wish, what would it look like if you had the Randy Moss type and throw it in there? You, you'd be looking at You talk about like having a Calvin Benjamin on a team like that. Oh, could you imagine what oh. Tom Brady would do with <laughs> Calvin Benjamin? It'd be unbelievable. It, it, uh, uh, I'm I'm getting excited just thinking. I wonder if we can orchestrate that in some way. I'll call Bill later on, Belichick. Oh yeah, yeah. You you two are close as I well, understand. Yeah. Well, he's an asylumite. Why wouldn't he be? How do you think he's had all the success? success he's <laughs> exactly. Had? All right, let's go back to uh, Clem here, and we'll. <laughs> I believe it goes to Mr. Briggs. The firing of Mark Trestman will fix the Ravens' offense. It may help somewhat because it always seems to, you know, short term. But I tell you what, they're very, very unimpressive. Steve Smith is old. Steve Smith is banged up. And he's basically the only thing that they have that, that's really dynamic. Um, we thought we were actually um, thinking Dennis Pitta and, and Flacco – we're going to start developing some some chemistry. You know, Mike Wallace had a good week, but now he's kind of limited with the ribs. Steve Smith still banged up. And it's Joe Flacco. I'm, I'm just not certain that they have all the weapons they need to really turn this thing around and turn it into some sort of a potent offense. I think man, it's tough the way the question's phrased. I don't know who wrote it. He ought to be ashamed of himself. But – I think this offense gets markedly better the minute Tressman walked out that door. If you watched any of the the Ravens-Redskins game last week, they come out in that first series, handed it off to Terrence West. He ripped it off about six and a half, seven yards of carry, drove him right down the field. And they, for all intents and purposes, never gave him the ball again. The offense became thrown to that stupid fullback. I won't even try to pronounce his name after all the hard time I've given you. And just flinging it as far down the field as he could to those wide receivers. Which, unfortunately, is what Joe Flacco wants to do. But if you get an adult in there running that offense and running the ball, this offense can move. The offensive line is good. Steve Smith is probably still the greatest possession receiver in the league. Who could put up big games? You got the deep threat with you got the deep threat with Mike Wallace. I think this offense markedly improves because presumably now we have an adult running that offense and not trying to do all that cutesy, crappy nonsense that got him fired out in Chicago. And I think I think they get that much better. Now, this team is dangerous. What I don't understand is why Harbaugh didn't go grab him and say, "Run the damn ball, stop this. What are you doing?" Why he didn't take control of it. So I guess we'll find out is. Is, is Joe Flacco maybe uncontrollable? And if they're going to keep doing what they're doing, this is the offense we're going to see. If they get to running the ball with Terrence West, they're getting Kenneth Dixon back. You get this clown out of here. I think it gets better. I really do. I disagree. Well, you're wrong. No, I'm not. I haven't been ever, so, I mean, why should I start? Thank you very much. Thank you. Damn it, wrong button. <laughs> All right, so next one. Uh, I believe we're back to Mr. Flieger. We're about to see a big, a big dose of Ajayi, a big dose of the one and only Jamal Charles. Oh, this is, you know what? I'm going to say fact. I'm getting excited about Jamal Charles, Rick, and I know we're going to disagree on this one as well. 
Word out of Kansas City today is he is 110%. That's pretty good because that, that's better than 100%, right? He's 110% healthy. They got him a little, just a little taste of game action. Had to buy a week. He's ready to go. Spencer Ware, I think I think was a disappointment. While he put up big numbers, it was actually at the top of the league in fantasy numbers for, for a hot second. Jamal Charles, assuming he is healthy, he's probably lost a step, but I think we're going to get a big dose of him. Number one, to answer the question, that's a fact, and I'm getting excited. You want to talk about a buy low candidate? This might be the buy low candidate for me. If you're going to buy low, you better do. It I probably quick. should have done it last week. It's probably too late now, but it's hard to say. I, I, I'm excited that he's coming back because I've always loved this guy, and I think he's such a dynamic player. And and I'm taking a wait and see. I mean, I'll go along with you. I agree it's going to be a heavy dose of him. I'm just kind of concerned if it's going to be the same Jamal Charles that we're used to seeing. And I'm not convinced. I still think it's beginning the end for him. I, I think he's just too much damage to those knees, and I just don't think he can come back full bore. And he needs to be quick. He needs to be shifty. And... He really has to have confidence in those legs, and I'm not sure he's going to get that. Don't be scared, Rick. Don't but be scared. But I think you're I think you're right. It's going to be a heavy dose of them. They're going to put him in there, no doubt about that. All right, so we're going to try and do a two-minute drill. Ooh. Oh, oh my. Right. So what's right. that mean? We're going to try and get as many fact or fiction. He's saying we're yapping too much. Answer so the question in, and move on. So in That's other what words, he's saying. In other he's words, zip it is what he's saying. In other words, <laughs> we invent this damn game and you're making the rules. I'm just adding to them. <laughs> he's had enough of the bloviating. Answer the question and zip it. That's what he's saying. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, Mr. Briggs, uh, now I'm making it. Things. It's Jaquiz, okay? <laughs> Jaquiz Rogers. Alejandro drunk too. A big workload in Tampa Bay, even with even when Doug Martin returns. I'd say yes. It's a jump ball. I care what you said? He asked me. Oh, I don't get to answer. No. Oh, all right. So much for a two-minute drill. <laughs> now we're gonna fight for four minutes. <laughs> all right, Rick. Real quick, why not? Because Doug Martin's the guy. It's kind of like uh, if he comes back healthy and they say he's 100%, 10% like Jamal Charles, you're not going to see Spencer Ware. I mean, if Jamal Charles is 110%, you're not going to see much of him. Well, I'd be stunned if we saw Spencer Ware. Yeah, well, it's going to be Tampa the same Bay. way with Jaquiz Rogers. If the muscle hamster's healthy, you're not going to see him. I think on passing downs, you're going to see some Jaquiz Rogers. So I don't know what a big workload is, but it. Sims put up uh, some numbers. He had some value in, in a PPR format, and I think Rogers steps into that role. So that, that's why I give it a fact. But let, let's move on. Alejandro's I, getting fr- angry. From that point, I, I'll tend to agree, but As I, you should. I, I disagree that it's a heavy load. Hey, yeah. He's not going to be the guy. It's going to be Doug Martin. And the quarterback spikes the ball. Odell Beckham has turned the corner and will regain his stature among the best receivers in the league. Boy, the button is slow today. Yeah, in the end, Rick, talent wins out. For me, talent wins out. So, yes, I think Odell Beckham gets back to that place. Yeah, talent does win out. There's there's a lot of other factors at play here, though. I mean, we talked about Eli earlier in the show. And is it all Odell or is a lot of it Eli? Well, there's a lot of it, too. You know, that, that's the thing. I agree. I mean, talent wins out. This guy is special. 
he's got to get his head on right. There's no question about that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll settle down. He'll be all right. All right. We got to zip it. Yeah, Moving on. Uh, Moving all on. right. Last one. Ooh, what do you mean last one? You, you, you <laughs> crack the whip and tell us not to talk, and now you answer two questions and we're done. Well, two-minute drill. He's got a point. I don't understand this guy. <laughs> Mr. Meredith has earned himself a bigger role in the Bears' offense. Heck, yeah. I mean, this kid really sh- – uh, sh- and, and the thing is, I mean, I got to think that – and I don't know because I wasn't there, but I got to think he sh- spent a lot of time working with Brian Hoyer in training camp. So, obviously, they've already got some chemistry. And if Brian Hoyer stays at the helm, you're going to see a lot of him. I think it's important to note Eddie Royal played in that game. And Mm -hmm. our discussion on Sunday when we said, all right, let's not get cute and start playing a guy like Cameron Meredith is, look, if Eddie Royal goes, there's just not going to be enough to go along. Now, he's going to get more looks. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of what we saw last week. We're still going to see a whole lot of Jordan Howard. Alshon Jeffrey still one of the top 12 receivers in the league. Eddie Royal has got a real chemistry with Brian Hoyer. There was a weird matchup thing against that god-awful secondary but this isn't going to be the last we hear from either. So I wouldn't go out like some people and spend a fortune of my FAAB budget to pick him up like we do. There's somebody in this room who did that once again, as I made a very reasonable offer and once again came up short to somebody in this room. Well, I'm looking at my team right now as we speak. He's not on my roster. He's not right? on your team. He's not on mine. All right. And okay. You could double check, but I'm pretty sure he's not on mine. He's not on yours. Okay, so. Let's see. There's one other guy that we can look at in, in this room. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right there, Cameron Meredith Jr. How about we hop over to the mailbag for the last 15 minutes of the show? All right. So the mailbag. First up from Duberg. Duberg. Mike. Mikey. Mike is asking, I already have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Jeremy Macklin. Should I trade Demarius Thomas for Christine Michael and Derek Henry? It's a half-point PPR. All right, so he wants to trade. I wish I knew who his running backs were to start with. Yeah, so he wants to trade Demarius for Michael and Henry. Yes. I can't do it. I know you got to bench one of these guys, but you can get yourself a better deal. Is and my if, point on this, Christine? If you, if, if you happen to have three wide receivers and a flex, you, right? Which, I, by the, his question, he probably does not. I don't know. I, I Thomas Rawls is probably coming back, right? So he may get hurt again, but he's for a for a time. He's going to cut into Michael's workload. Derrick Henry, if something would happen to DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry is going to take the league by storm. You put my stamp of approval on that. But if DeMarco Murray doesn't go down, Derrick Henry's basically useless. Right. So you can do better, is what I'm saying. A.B. and Evans are untouchable. Macklin or Thomas, if you got to move them, you, you can quite simply you can do better. I agree. So it sounds like there's too many ifs. With yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Okay. They they need to give us well, no, because I scream at them when they give us too much information because I don't want to read it all. Yeah, but so. he's reading them now, so give all the information <laughs> you want now. Four page emails. Yeah, we don't have to read them. We'll listen to Alejandro stumble through them. Yeah. All right, Vic in Jersey. Vic every week from Vic. Would you trade AJ Green and Sterling Shepard for Lashawn McCoy and Carson Palmer? Twelve team PPR. My current QB one is. Eli Manning. He's got Eli. He wants to give up AJ and Shepard for who? Carson Palmer and who? It's trade AJ 
and Sterling right. for LaShawn McCoy and Carson Palmer. Okay, McCoy. I can't, I can't give up A.J. Green. Palmer's period. not an upgrade over Eli this year. Carson Palmer's been terrible, too. If this was, I don't know, name, name a quarterback, Rick. Yeah, ben. Upper, well, <laughs> obviously. Upper middle road. Um, Sam Bradford. Yeah. If it, <laughs> I still believe the bubble bursts on him. I, I may sound foolish at the end of the year, but... Yeah, I can't do A.J. Green's best receiver in the league right now, quite quite frankly. He's about the only weapon they have in Cincinnati, so he gets all the touches. Shepard's an emerging star. I'd love to get my hand on McCoy. He, he has come back in a big way, yeah. and I'm excited about it. But there's not enough upgrade between Palmer and Eli to make that move and to give up an A.J. Green. No, I agree 100%. I, I can't give up A.J. Green, period, for that. No way. All right, so next, Sean in Vegas. Sean. PPR flex for this week, Jeremy Curley, Tyrell Williams, or Eddie Royal? Well, I know Jeremy Curley. You have to keep an eye on him. This kid cat's interesting, isn't he? But he's also questionable. And uh, you really have to keep an eye on his status because, I mean, to me, I think he's obvious out of those three. If he, if every, everything equal and they're all healthy, I think he's obvious choice with, with what he's been doing. But – you know, you have to keep an eye on him. Royal, I'm, I'm jury's out on him right now. And who's the other one? Uh, Tyrell Williams. Yeah, Tyrell Williams. Very interesting. Another I, New Orleans situation? Huh? Yeah, I know. But um, I think if Curly's healthy, I think he's the obvious choice. Yeah, I rank them j- just the order they were reading. Curly, Williams, Royal. I, I don't think I'm messing with Royal. I don't know how healthy he is. I worry about Cameron Meredith. I worry about Alshon Jeffrey. It's getting a little crowded there. If Curly plays, I think you roll with him. Now I'm scared of Kaepernick. <laughs> I, I really am. Yeah, that's a good there, point. Is the report is Curly turning the corner, or is there a rapport with Gabbard? I'm not sure which it is, but for one, you know, Tyrell Williams is always a safety pick, right? We we get 800 Tyrell Williams or Dontrell Inman questions every single week. So your upside's with Curly. So if he's healthy, if he plays, I give him a shot and see what he has with Cap. All right. All right. So Mark in West Virginia. Need, West by Gumbergini. Need one receiver and one flex in PPR. Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Marshall, and Julian Edelman. All right, so we got to sit one of them. I, I hate sitting one of them. I do, too. Hurts my feelings. <laughs> All right, well, what, what do we have here? We have Emmanuel Sanders going up against San Diego, so he's a completely – well, is Trevor Simeon going to play? He's a question mark right now. He has been practicing. Is he going to be back? That, that makes a difference for me. He practiced in pads today. So that, that's a good sign. I, I think he's back. We got Brandon Marshall Monday night against Arizona. I think it would be a bad matchup, but Arizona's just been terrible. Julian Edelman, I don't care what their matchup is there. I can't sit Julian Edelman here. So I got to pick between Sanders and Marshall. I think I'm going to sit Emmanuel Sanders here. I, yeah, I, I'm just uh, really baffled at why this guy has to sit somebody. Well, Emmanuel Sanders, if you remember, he lost some shine in the draft. This was a sixth, seventh, eighth yeah, round. That's pick. a good point. So but, he's probably figuring on starting Marshall and Edelman all every week, and now all of a sudden Emmanuel Sanders is out there doing Emmanuel Sanders things. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I have to keep Brandon Marshall in. I don't care what defense they're playing. And Arizona's still playing a pretty good brand of defense. But uh, if it gets into a shootout, you need Brandon Marshall. And, He's going to get 12 targets. I, that I can promise you. Right. And Edelman, I think, I think I'd have to start Edelman if – this foot thing is okay with well, him. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but, yeah, because he's going to get a million targets against Cincinnati coming across the middle, I have to assume. And so I, I'm I guess I'm you got to worry you. about Vontez Burfick sawing him in half yeah, at could, some point, but I, I don't like I don't him, like yeah. to make starts based on that type of thing. No. I'll, I'll go Edelman and Brandon Marshall as well. Okay. So next question, Jamie in Cleveland. Ohio. Ohio. Should I trade Melvin Gordon and Sammy Coates for Odell Beckham Jr.? So Gordon and Coates for OBJ. Uh, See, no. he thought he thought Fligger was reading the question and he didn't say who his other running backs were. <laughs> um, well, we can't read it all. I'm going to say no. No, nah, I'm with you. Okay, that one was easy. Yeah. Aaron and Erie. PPR flex, Chris Hogan or Michael Thomas? All right, so for this week, Hogan or Thomas? You know, Michael Thomas is an interesting case study. He's kind of gradually getting there, right? He didn't have the big burst, and he's yo-yoing around. He's gradually earning more work in that offense. I don't – do we know what we have in Chris Hogan yet? How many of these guys, Aaron Dobson, you know, name them, Rick. There's been 20 of these guys in Tom Brady's career – who have the one game, people spend all their free agent money on them, <clears throat> and, and then they just disappear. Thomas is the safer play. I like the upside of a Hogan. Boy, this, this one's tough. I'm going Thomas this week. Yeah, you, you play it safer. I, yeah, I think I'm going to go that way. I, mean, I think. I, look, I think New England's going to truck Cincinnati. I'm not convinced Cincinnati's that good this year. They, no. they seem to have really taken a step back. I might have missed on that one when I picked them to win the Super Bowl this yeah. year. Yeah. But, you know, then again, maybe they're getting some players back and getting healthy. You just don't know. But I think if they start running into a stout defensive performance from an opponent, which Cincinnati can do, then you start going to Gronk. Then you start going to Edelman, Bennett. I think Hogan starts trailing off as far as as many balls as he sees. I I think that's what it comes down to because he's at best the fourth option behind the two tight ends and Edelman. If you want to throw James White in the mix, maybe. I, I think he's competing with James White for catches as well. Yeah, I'm going to take a wait. I'm going to have to see probably three weeks of what Chris Hogan did last week before I'm going to trust it. You know, there's a lot of guys I'd play Chris Hogan over, but I don't think Michael Thomas is one of them. What I like is you see Carolina, since they let Josh Norman go, the the secondary's weak. They're not really rushing the passer. They're going to have to make efforts to take away a Brandon Cooks to try to limit the big plays. So I think the trickle-down effect, I think this leaves Michael Thomas running free a good bit, and I think he could set up for a nice game. Now you worry, you know, Drew Brees could decide it's going to be a Brandon Cooks game. Anyhow, you always have that concern in New Orleans, especially with the, the second and third options there. But, yeah, Hogan, it's just more crowded for Hogan. I like the matchup better for Thomas. So, all of that to say, yeah, I agree with you, and I go with Thomas. So, we're split on that one. 
No. We said Tommy. Pay attention there, Elmo. <laughs> Still split. <laughs> All right, last question. Make it a doozy. Oh, man, a doozy. Uh, let's see. Chop, chop, two minutes. Should I drop Kirk Cousins for Dak Prescott or Blake Bortles? Why not? Kirk Cousins certainly isn't setting the world on fire. I think things are going to get better for Blake Bortles. And Dak Prescott's – I don't know if I would for Dak Prescott because I'm telling you right now, when Romo comes back, he's playing. Jerry Jones isn't back in all It is so you know, stupid. I, I believe I clearly won the second debate. That still doesn't mean it was right. I didn't say it was, did I? <laughs> no, I, I said but the possibility was there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, he's going to be playing. So, yes for Bortles, no for Prescott. I think Cousins in Bortles is a push, quite frankly. But I think Bortles playing in that division is going to have better opportunities. So, yeah, I think I'd, I'd drop him for Bortles. I, I don't think you have to if you if you want to use your waiver priority elsewhere. I really think it's going to be a push. But but I like it. If you're thinking about it, you're looking for the upside, and the upside may be with Bortles. Yeah, Jacksonville playing at Chicago this week. It may be just an upgrade right yeah. off the bat. You're a good side. All right, well, we have come to the end of the show. Thank you so much there. Uh, well, I can't say that. Anyhow, to our executive producer, good job this week. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio, AsylumFantasySports.com. It's the Inside Slant. Email your questions, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. On Twitter, at AsylumFootball. We'll be back here Thursday night exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. I said a hit. Like the hippity hop, Rick. To the rhythm of the boogity beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. I'm rapping to the beat, Rick. And my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello.